this podcast. Hello guys and welcome back to the cast with Nye. On today's episode is going to be very exciting as I'm going to be discussing a very important and sensitive topic today with someone very special and important in our midst today. So today we're going to be talking about the language of mental health. I mean like when I first heard that topic from our guest speaker I was like very thrilled. So I really wanted to know what it entails and everything about it. Without mincing words, today we have a special guest in our midst, and she's none other than Franca Eboma. I'm going to be introducing her shortly. So she's a physiotherapist, a serial volunteer, and an associate director of the Mental Health Fellowship, MHF Nigeria. Through the MHF, she's living her dreams of preferring mental health education to the younger generation in every nook and cranny in Nigeria. Along with her team of passionate young adults, she has designed a mental curriculum to address the mental needs of teens and youths in Nigeria. She hopes to create a positive world where children and young adults have easy access to mental health support and also not feel ashamed to speak up and speak out about their difficulties they face in their day-to-day lives. With no further introduction, please join me as a welcome, Franca Ibomat. Thank you so much, Franca, for gracing this podcast. I'm super excited to have you. Today's episode is the ma- the language of mental health. So, what exactly is the language of mental health? Over to you, TM Franca. I call her TM because she's two masters. So, over to you, Franca. Sorry. Uh, thank you, Chinea. Honestly, I imagine that we would have more of a conversation, really, than me being interviewed. But thank you for yeah. breaking the ice with that question. <laughs> sure, and I'm going to, and before I answer it, before I answer it, I need to build it up a bit. So I want us to just yeah, sure. share our experiences and then we'll arrive at that definition. So it creates a better mental picture for those that will be listening. Now, okay. Um, you school in photo, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I do. I know a little about photo. I know places called Ezeobodo. I know, yeah, different areas. Yeah. yeah. So imagine, where do you stay exactly in photo? Which area? Do you stay off camp or in camp? I stay in Ezeobodo. Wonderful. So imagine it's a Monday morning, right? Yeah. And you're headed to class. There are no bikes, so you decide to walk. Mm-hmm. It's about 8 a.m. You are still early for your class, so you're strolling down. Mm-hmm. Now, as you're walking down, towards you comes a woman. Her hair is unkept. Her body is as sandy as you can imagine. Yeah. She's in tatters, and she's walking straight at you. She's talking to herself clearly focused on what is going, the conversation she's having with herself. What is your own immediate reaction? She's headed towards My, you. What is your immediate reaction? To be honest, if if I was walking on the road, I would move to the other side of the road, the other end. Because I'll feel like, ah, this woman is mad. <laughs> In fact, I'll be scared. I'll be scared, okay. so I will like, divert to the other side of the road or like move very far away from her because I feel like maybe she might harm me or so. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You used the word exactly that I was looking for. Mad. As in, mm. no matter how educated <laughs> we are, 
how enlightened yeah. we are, how exposed we are. At the end of the day, if we see someone like that, our first instinct is to think, ah, there's something wrong with this person. You know? And we use yes. words like mad, this person is psycho, this person is crazy. Right? Mm. Yes. That is where we begin with the language of mental health. Essentially, just breaking it down to that level. Mm. So it, it's, it's important that we even define mental health first before we even talk about language of mental health. Mm. Right? Mental health encompasses everything about how we think, feel, behave, how yeah. we cope with stress, yeah. how we interact with our environment and with other people. That's essentially what mental health is. Now, when we talk about language of mental health, is the choices, the world choices we use to describe our mental health. Like, take for instance, the example you just gave me, I just gave you, and you told me you would think the woman is mad. Yes. Right? Yes, sure. Now, ideally, you shouldn't say something like that. You could, in an ideal world, obviously we know Nigeria is not, it would be, oh, this person seems to be experiencing mental challenges. Mm. Right? Now, yes. what medical practitioners, what advocate, people that are trying to create awareness about health, mental health, are trying to do is talk about the person first as opposed to the limitations they are having. Because people are more than just their mental challenges. And the reason why you would have someone like that woman I have described on the streets is because we live in a society that doesn't cater for its citizens. In developed worlds, mm. people like that would not be on the streets. They would probably be well taken care of and she wouldn't even look that way. Sure. So we don't give her that iota of respect because the society hasn't, doesn't take care of its own. And that is really what the language mm. of mental health is saying. Oh, that's, that's the message I'm trying to pass across. Be as respectful as possible when referring to people who are different, in quotes, from you. So yeah, in short, <laughs> that in summary, that is really what the language of mental health is. Okay. So you have um, successfully told us what the language of mental health is. Now, because to an average, in fact, to every Nigerian, that's exactly what they would do. Refer to the person as mad or, or more, this person don't colo. You understand? So what words actually are right to use on someone that we see that is dressed that way or looking that way? What are the right words to use on such person? When and how do we use them? So, like I said, the appropriate thing is to respectfully address the person first. So it's called, if I'm not mistaken, present first language or syntax. It's something um, mental health practitioners use. As opposed to saying someone is mad, oh, this person seems to be experiencing mental health challenges. So person with mm. mental health challenges or person diagnosed with mental health disorder, if the person has been diagnosed. Or if someone is experiencing yeah. depression, instead of I recently listened to a speech where someone said, people should stop saying this person is depressed rather than say, um, because you don't say this person is cancer. You can mm. say this person is experiencing depression. So you see the person, you see whatever the person is experiencing are just part of their life as opposed to labeling them as that. 
Because you, you oh. would not be capable of seeing them as an individual. Because I can bet you there are times where you're sad. But nobody says, oh, Chinenye, Chinenye is sadness. Mm. Once you say something like Chinenye is sadness, you see, you forget all the wonderful things about Chinenye. You forget yeah. that she's first a human being that has different aspects to her. So in everything you're trying to do, avoid labeling people with diseases or dysfunctions or with wrong terminologies like psycho, crazy. Eliminate that from your dictionary. It's disrespectful one. And the fact yeah. we must also consider we, we majority of us come from a place of privilege, even if we don't want to acknowledge it. If you don't have anybody in your family who has experienced mental health challenges, you would never be able to empathize with somebody who does or a friend who has someone like that in their family. No matter how enlightened you are. Sure. So when you acknowledge your privilege, it's always good to reset your mindset and realize, oh, let me see the person first. Mm. That's really what matters. And if you cannot say anything nice, if you cannot think anything nice, then I advise you don't say anything at all. Yeah. And if you want more better terminologies, you could actually just go to the CDC website. You can actually go to WHO website. Hmm. Update your knowledge. It's really important about it because mental health is a condition that is still being... Mental health illness is still being stigmatized because of the wrong notions we have about it. And the reason True. why we use words like mad or crazy or kolo is because of our culture. People fear or despise what they don't understand. And it becomes disrespectful to these people who are experiencing these challenges. And it's difficult for them to seek help because yeah. the society doesn't care for them. And you sure. don't want that. Mm. And it's, Very I'm true. even using a, a more extreme example about a lady who is unable to take care of herself anymore. Yes. Which is, we all at one point in time experienced poor mental health due to prevailing circumstances at the time. And I can bet mm -hmm. you nobody wants to be labeled by the mental health. Maybe if you're going through anxiety, nobody wants mm. to be labeled, oh, this person is anxious. Yes. All true. Time, true. You wouldn't want to be labeled that. It's disrespectful to you because you are beyond just your anxiety at that point in time. So mm. if you do, don't like it, well, why would you do that to someone else? Why would you disrespect somebody else and strip down their humanity? Or why would anyone do that? To be honest, I feel like every, like most of us are victim of this labeling. Because I, for one, I, I as a person, I even label myself. Like when I'm depressed, I say, ah, I was depressed or I'm so depressed. But I've actually learned this evening that the labeling is something that is like, I don't know, it's like you saying that this is you. Yeah. But meanwhile, it's just a phase that definitely yeah. fizzles out over time or fizz out over time. So yeah. listeners out there, you can also attest to the fact that everybody is a victim of this thing. See, ah. God, I'm so anxious, I'm so anxious, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. Every day, in fact, the word depressed, eh, is like, it's almost like the most used word for anybody that makes me it's down. bastardized. Very, yeah. Yes, anybody that's just very down and, I don't know, me just, ah, she's depressed, or oh, I'm depressed. It's, it's, it's a very used language. So thank you so much, Franca, for 
telling us that that labeling is not what it's meant to be. It's just a phase that over time will fizzle out. Thank you so much. So now speaking of the role of language to our mental health, what do you have to say about that? So um, before we even speak of language, you have to delve into culture first. And our culture influences our mental health, starting with the language we use, like I've already said. Yeah. Now, if we imagine a society where we we allow people to feel comfortable with their struggles, if um, someone mm. is struggling with something they cannot explain, rather than labeling them and accusing them of being the problem, we listen to what they have to say. And if we have the solution, possibly the right center for them to go to to get help, or the right person for them to speak to, we offer that to them. What kind mm. of society do you think we would have? How do you think that would influence a, a very mental sound health rate? society? How do you think that would influence the mental health of the citizens in that society? It will influence it positively, to be honest. It's really good, good. long way. Now imagine the reverse is the case, which yes. is what we are currently experiencing, where mm-hmm. people are timid. No, people are frightened to talk mm-hmm. about their mental health challenges. And it yes. builds up over time until they get to that severe form where they are incapable of taking care of themselves and they require mm-hmm. emergency attention. Mm-hmm you see the breakdown of the society because the culture doesn't allow people to speak freely about their challenges because the culture doesn't understand it. And the culture doesn't understand it, the culture labels it. Our belief system affects the language we use. It's, It's not just in casual conversations with friends, even in churches. Sometimes yeah. even educated elites use the wrong words. And I'll give you an example. I have a very dear friend who is quite educated, who actually has a community that is focused on mental health awareness. And we're talking about mm-hmm. something the other day. And she just mentioned that, oh, her friend has gone mad. And I was thinking about, like, wait, what uh, did you say? She said, yes. Yeah. So they found her walking down on the street. <sighs> She was really down. My friend was really down. And I had to take her back. Like, no offense, sir, but do you know you're using the word mad? But you run a community for mental health. And she said for the longest time, she did not realize how that word was wrong, wrongly used to describe, you know, people that have mental health challenges. So it has nothing yeah. to do with just how educated or enlightened you are. It has to do with intentionality yes. for one and the influence the of the system. culture. Yes. Yeah, the belief, True. the belief system. Yeah. And it's often mm. used. Oh, this um and this woman was a witch. She's a witch. She's always doing this. She's always and the truth is she could just be having mental yes. health challenges. That's it. All she needs is the right amount of attention. Mm. And the reason why churches would do that, <laughs> it's I still stand by it, belief system. It's really about belief system. Mm. It affects the languages you use. It it stops you from seeing the human the True. behind that challenge. So if we can mm-hmm. reverse it, if we can change 
the mindset, the cultural choices, our belief system to see human beings first and acknowledge that we can be complex. There are some things that would come up that would not really understand, but being open-minded and kind enough to want to listen and just mm. try to be understanding would go a long mm. way, really. But you know that most times, why these people don't even get such attention? Like we said, Ella, is this, this belief system. If you see someone walking up to you like that, in fact, you won't even want to even give the person any, like, attention or try to hear what the person wants to say. Because you'll be frightened. In fact, you'll be, you'll be scared for your own life. You'll be thinking that the person maybe probably will harm you. So how can definitely such attention? Because not everybody wants to sit and listen to them. Because me, me personally, if I see someone like that, to be honest, like if she's dressed in a tattered way, anybody, in fact, anybody will just like want to just give the person his or her distance. But let's say, you know, there are some people that over time, there are people that they're only still in minor stage. Yeah. Maybe those ones, you can give them attention. Like, but still, you'll be feeling, you know, that Nigerian, like you see, be feeling somehow, you see, be scared, safe. So I don't know how how can this even get proper attention, and th- okay. there's this point where I was even thinking I was saying, do therapists like, I mean, do they really, do they really uh, exist in this country? Because I know they do, but I feel like they're not really there like so much of a profession like therapist therapist. I don't really hear about therapists like and even the good ones. And then how can an average Nigerian like that even get access to these therapies that can assist them? The whole thing okay. is just somehow, because that's why people getting mental health issues or disorders that are growing, like getting to its climax. Not because those people, maybe they don't have, I feel like they don't have the right attention, the right people are not around them. And people that are meant to be in charge, like therapists, meant the psychotherapists, I don't know, like they're not really out there. The people that are there, maybe to source for them, funding and the rest of them quite expensive, which an average Nigeria might not be able to afford. So what's your say on this too as well? Okay, it seems like a three-level question. So let me start yeah. with how do we help those people like that? Because once you see them, you want to run away. And valid. True. you do not know that person you don't know their story and i'm not asking you to approach her and talk to her about problems no you are not well equipped to talk to somebody like that the first thing i want you to know the reason why i shared that story was your mindset you described her as mad instantaneously rather than seeing her as someone who has a person living or person experiencing mental health challenges fair that is why i use that extreme case scenario but like you already mentioned there are people who do not have pronounced signs of these mental health challenges, right? Yeah. And I'll yeah, like sure. to give an example. When I was in school, I had a classmate who started showing signs of mental health challenges. It was about in our 200 level. And by then we had not gone through our psychiatry posting. We started on a little psychology, but not sufficient enough for me to see the signs and symptoms. And after a while, because she started withdrawing, she started 
behaving differently from what she used to be mm-hmm. we started withdrawing away from her as well became really scared and what that did was yes. isolate her instead of going closer we actually drew back yeah now because we were not in her reality and she mm. was struggling her grades were being affected this someone you go really good in school and sound up until the point that she had to host a meeting she had to call the class for a meeting and we were still hesitant to attend we were scared in quotes at the time and just sure. i keep on saying this classmate has a lot of patience so one of my classmates actually was the only one who was patient enough to sit down and listen to what she had to say and wow. it was this classmate's patience that actually allowed us to stay to the end and discover that oh the reason why this our classmate who we were avoiding was has mm. been absent from class for a long time is because she has been struggling mentally she had had to go to visit a counselor therapist to help her through her challenges Uh, illness mm. and we're not aware of that and she complained to us about the stigmatization not everybody would be bold enough to do that and i'm not going to lie sure. i think about it and i still feel really guilty like mm-hmm. not having that required level of patience because yes i do not have the story mm. and that's essentially what i'm trying to say Mental health is something that we are still learning about every single day. You might not help everyone, mm-hmm. but you could help someone. And mm-hmm. you don't need to be equipped with the necessary resources to help them. The first thing you need to do is if you can, like my classmate did, the one that was patient enough to listen and wait yes. and help us see her differently. You could do that for others, changing their language and the way they think about it. It go a long way for people who are struggling with it. In medical mm. school I learned earlier on that a lot of people have mental health challenges a number of number of them do have mental health challenges and rather than stigmatize them or stay away from them or pretend like it's none of our business we could actually draw closer try to learn yes. to see their realities it's very important nobody's asking you to solve the problem of mental health what mm-hmm. I am asking for what I'm soliciting for is be patient be kind enough it's not your reality fair but there's no harm in learning about someone else's reality little acts like that can actually create the ripple effect in the society imagine if everyone did that for one person and bear in mind that more than half of the population would experience mental health at one point in time or the other the fact that it's not you now you you would experience poor mental health at least at one point in time or the other the fact that it's not you know it couldn't help it couldn't happen and in those instances if if ever that happened you would want someone to be patient and kind to mm. you yeah and then i think your last question is about there being therapist and yes And the truth is we do not have a lot of therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists. Yeah, the ratio is um yeah, we have more patients than we do have this people, but they do exist. When I was doing my internship in UPTH, I needed to see someone to talk to and I found them. If you go looking, you would find honestly. And before we even started this, I mentioned mentally aware Nigeria. 
they offer counseling yeah, sessions really cool. for free. All you have to do is you reach out to them via Twitter, you reach out to them via email, and someone mm. will attend to you for a minimum of three sessions. And if you require serious medical attention, they would refer you appropriately. If you want something, you would find it. If you even browse mm. it now, if you Google mental health therapist in Nigeria or anything, psychologist in Nigeria, you would find, you really would. They're not a lot. Yeah, but they do exist. And solving okay. the problem of mental health is not one person's job. It's never one organization's job. It's an entire nation's job yeah. to take care of its citizens, to take care of its people. They are vulnerable. We could be vulnerable tomorrow. You and I could be vulnerable tomorrow. If there is no system in place yeah. to cater for situations like that, you will end up seeing people who have these illnesses or challenges on the road and not being taken care of and being stigmatized for something that it's really not their fault. Wow, that's really nice. Thank you so much, Franca, for answering the You're question. Welcome. At least we have known, even to the listeners out there, they have known that you can actually get these therapies like at the comfort of your home or anywhere exactly. Yeah, they are online. You can always reach out to them and they'll be there for you. Thank you so much, Franca. So now the real question I asked you initially was the role of the language. The role of language to one's mental health. More like the effect. I don't know. Combining role and effect, I don't think they are they are the same thing. The role of language on the mental health and the effects of the language on the mental health. So the role of language and the effect. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a syntax <laughs> is a syntax problem. But um, which one are you asking me for now? Because I know you asked about role previously. Yes, role of language. Yes, the role of language in mental health. Mm-hmm. True. Is that what you're asking me for? Yes. Oh, the how role of language. Is- have I actually have the two questions to ask anyways, but you can go for the role first. Okay, the role of language in our mental health. I already mentioned mental health is essentially what we think, how we feel, how we behave, what we, how we hope is stress. And yes. the language we use in describing what we think or negative thoughts sometimes or negative experiences or negative behaviors goes a long way in how we react to them. If, Hmm. let me see, what example can I even use right now? We don't have the same threshold when it comes to managing stress. And if someone is is consciously being accused of being frail or not strong enough when it comes to managing stress, the person starts to blame him or herself for being the problem. Like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm mm-hmm. capable of managing stress because I call it subconscious yes. bullying. People just saying, comparing and just saying, ah, you're not strong enough. Or this small thing cannot do, right? And it, it starts mm-hmm. to affect the person's mm-hmm. way of thinking about themselves. As opposed to seeing it as, oh, yeah, we're different. I have a low stress threshold. Does that make me automatically terrible or a weakling? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. 
we use negative word, words to describe people because they don't meet up with our own imagination of standards. And that in turn affects mm. the way pe- people think about themselves, which isn't right. I've already said it. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know how what you would say would influence mm. who you are saying it to. Don't use your standard to compare with someone else. You don't know that person's history or life story. You don't know if that person has emotional strength while you don't. And it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you manage stress better. Doesn't mean this person is not doing the best they can do at that point in time. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to say essentially with language. What choices are important? If you see somebody, you know, just reacting in a way to particular instances that you are unfamiliar with, don't judge them. If you don't understand it, say you don't understand it. If you want to learn more about it, you can ask that person to share their reality with you. And if you don't agree with it, respectfully Mm -hmm. keep it to yourself if you cannot be respectful enough. Or you simply and pragmatically, civilly tell this person, let's agree to disagree. Because mental health challenge is not something you see. It's not a broken board that you can observe. Something that's unseen, and you don't know what could trigger it. You don't know what could influence it. You don't want to be that person that does Mm. that. Don't continuously tell a child that they are stupid or um, they're not Mm. strong enough or uh, why they always crying all the time. Or must you express yourself? It's it's unhealthy. Yes. Yes. Even even this and like being emotional sometimes. Usually seen as a weak point. Most times in ladies, they're yeah. like, you're so emotional, why do you cry all the time, and blah, blah, and the rest of them. It's seen as a weak point. And most times, it really demoralizes yeah. people because it's seen as yeah. their weakness. And most, and most people tend to always take advantage of it. Yeah. But so, so speaking of the effects, so... The effect of it, well... Yes. The effect of poor language on mental health, we can already see that. We mm-hmm. read stories about individuals that attempted or completed suicide. Yeah. And we tell ourselves, ah, why? Why would they do that? Or mm. for the family members, they're so hurt by it and wondering, ah, why didn't he share with us? And the truth sure. is... These things are not so easy to talk about mm-hmm. because we live in a society that naturally stigmatizes people for having struggled. It's like, are you the first to have this challenge? So that's yes. one effect. Mm. Another effect is you you make me like the story I told you about that my classmate that she felt isolated. Yes. She, you no longer feel like you're part of the society or you can contribute to the society. Mm. You don't feel, you feel worthless. Because you've mm. consistently heard that. Exactly. Not even directly. And that's the thing, like, particularly for children now, when you compare them a lot, you not see the effect then. It's over a period of time that you see this person is struggling. Yes. Mm-hmm. And true. it might not even be directly. 
when a child witnesses you bully somehow with your words, verbally abuse or bully or accuse somebody of being a problem because they are too emotional, the child starts to think that oh, being emotional is a wrong thing. Mm, and starts true. to be who he or she is not. That is an effect. And that child grows up. If the child is naturally an emotional person, someone who should be expressing themselves, they would have to hurt it because yeah an adult this is a weakness or something or being this yeah yeah we 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 groom people who are not bold enough who are not brave enough to be mm. themselves in a society that and that's not what you want to have exactly to be honest not just um children i even heard of stories where parents like tell their children children are in their 20s like directly to their face maybe you're 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 just in an entity or like you're useless what you come to like to come and do and sometimes these people tend to commit suicide and we, and we keep having the the rate of suicide every day keeps increasing and you keep wondering what is causing all of this not knowing that it's all these things that are being used on on people daily some people like are directly told to their faces like every single day of their life what they expect them to do they see themselves as like you said worthless like i'm useless i don't have value i'm so valueless and the rest of them because they are constantly told these things and maybe one might think is suicide and uh, maybe the person maybe like it's one very grievous thing that the person has come they're not doing like it's just very very minute things that we think don't actually count they actually propel trigger want to commit suicide it's a very important factor to be honest this mental health stuff it has been something that we constantly be talked about even like in years to come probably we hope that the system will change for the good and for the better we just hope so because it's a really serious challenge it's an important one yeah it's an important one to be addressed as well and i think people are putting their best foot forward to shed more light on it and just to add, yeah. because we're talking about language of suicide, uh, language of mental health, it's very important that we don't use the yes. term commit suicide. Rather, we could say attempted or completed. So when you say commit suicide, you're accusing that person of committing a crime, really. You're accusing that person of mm. doing something wrong, as opposed to just an act, simply an act, because they are, they are suffering from a mental health challenge or they're experiencing a mental health challenge and using that word committed further stigmatizes them so i think that term was initially used in i think late young like over 50 years ago um, there was a period where people who attempted suicide were put in prison it was a grave crime Mm. that's why they use the word commit but now with more information we are aware that oh yeah majority of them it's not their fault it's not they are trying to harm themselves mm-hmm. intentionally but they do struggle from mental health challenges that is beyond what we who are not struggling with can comprehend so rather than say commit say completed yeah. if the person went through with it or attempted if it wasn't successful Okay. Noted. I've noted my own language too, and I'm <laughs> going to correct it as well. <laughs> yes, That's fine. So. 
we learn every day. Every, very true. All the work in so progress. Because it's a, it's a used language, it's something that everybody uses. This person yeah. committed suicide, dude. this one did this, like, it's something that everybody sees. So if topics like this are not brought up and addressed, people will never know that this is actually the right way to say this or say that this person did this. So thank you so much, Franca. I really you appreciate it. So it's a wrap for this evening. I don't know if Ooh, you want hey. to repeat other things. You might want to conclude or say something else to the viewers and listeners. Oh. I really appreciate that too. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely having a conversation with you tonight. And I'm glad I could make this session. If I were to conclude, I saw this quote by Michelle Obama. My brother posted it today and I was like, oh, how apt for this session. And the quote is this. Everyone on earth is carrying around an unseen story, history rather. And that alone deserves some tolerance. Mm. And I see how this can also apply to mental health. You don't know what the other person is going through. You do not have mm-hmm. that person's reality. The little thing, the smallest bit you can do for yourself or for that person is to be as tolerant, yes. as patient, and as kind as possible. And those three things would not cost you one cent. True. So yeah, that's all for me. Thank you so much, Frank. I really appreciate the session. I'm super excited to have you on my podcast, finally. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful. <laughs> it's yeah. your wrap now. Thank you. And have a You're blessed. You're welcome.